is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Recently, I made a comment on wearing the mask, and I'm going to get to the response that I got from that. Now, you do understand that wearing the mask has zero effect on the new variants of COVID. Let me repeat that. What statistics reveal now is that wearing the mask has zero, that, that's zero effect on as far as resisting any type of viral infection or anything like that. The, the zero effect on the new variants of COVID wearing the mask. So, you know, wh why, why do you still, you know, basically it's, it, it makes a person feel better. And there is a sense of almost righteousness with people that I have found that wear these masks like I'm protecting humanity. Well, okay, it has zero effect on the new variants. Wearing the mask has zero effect on the new variants of COVID. So if it makes you feel better as an individual, then go ahead and wear it, okay? And I, I've seen some strange things. I mean, as far as examples of mask wearing, I've seen people in cars alone driving by themselves wearing the mask. I've seen people out in the open you know, sitting at a, on their deck and their, their, their house trailer, there's nothing around them for two miles, wearing the mask, sitting outside, no one around them, you know. I mean, I'm convinced that, that, that there are going to be people when they're laid out in that casket are going to have a mask on because I, I think it makes them feel better about themselves. Now, you do understand that the whole mask thing, anything, was mandated by our individual governors. It was never written into law that thus says, you know, you shall wear the mask. It was, never, it, was, it was not handed down from on high anyway. But this was the comment that I got from talking about wearing the mask and having a zero effect on the new variants of COVID. Here's what someone quoted to me. Mask wearing, Romans 13 and verse 1. Let every soul be subject into the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinances of God. The ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, I have to admit, this verse is a hard verse to understand, especially when you apply it to everything that you see around you that our govern government does and allows. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be, are ordained are of a God. And whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. You know, now I'm going to be the first to admit, when I come to a scripture that doesn't make sense, and that I, that I don't quite comprehend or understand, I'm just going to tell you, I don't, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'm telling you right now, this scripture, as you apply it, you know, like a blanket statement, 
across the board to everything that our government does and allows to say that everything is ordained of God, the powers that be, you know, all right, I'm, I'm admitting something about this just doesn't make sense. So we're going to try to understand it today a little bit better. Now, let me illustrate what I mean when I say it doesn't make sense. Now, since 1973, there have been over 63 million abortions. Now, if you resist that decision, you're, am I to understand this correctly, that you're resisting the ordinance of God if I resist the sin of abortion? Now, I do understand, yeah, if I go out and burn down an abortion clinic, okay, that's wrong. That would be a sin for me to do that. Okay, but to resist, to say that's wrong, that abortion is evil, that you are murdering a potential child in the womb, you know, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. The powers that be are ordained of God. So is abortion ordained of God? Now this is what I mean. When you take a scripture and you just, you just give it a blank statement across the board about everything, about everything our government does and allows. Pornography is protected under the First Amendment as artistic uh, free expression. Yeah, get that. Artistic free expression. It's crazy. Okay, is por pornography ordained of, by God? If you resist that, if you resist pornography, if you say pornography is a sin, if you stand out with your little banners or whatever and say, you know, this is wrong, all right, are you resisting? Is pornography ordained by God? Of course not. Of course not. So let's take a look at this scripture again and try to understand it. Romans 13 and verse 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive unto themselves damnation. Okay, yes, I admit, difficult scripture to understand. But we're going to try to, I'm going to try to explain it a little bit better here throughout this uh, message here. Someone made this comment, this one misunderstood passage, the one we just read in Romans 13, has led to more tyranny and mass genocide throughout the last 2,000 years than any other tool of the enemy. I'm sure every dictator throughout history has used this passage, referring to Romans 13, to rally support from, very, from the very people he eventually kills. Yes, God does put evil people into power over us, but it's because of our hard hearts and our disobedience to his commandments. If we don't want to be ruled over by evil men and under a curse, then it's real simple. Okay, all we have to do is look at 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14 and do as it says. Okay, well, let's take a look at that verse. Here it is. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, notice this, turn, be converted, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. You know, nothing could be more simple, could it? Turn from your wicked ways, quit allowing idiots to rule over you. Okay, if we elect stupid people to rule over us, then stupid is what we will be. And that is precisely the predicament that we are in right now as a nation. We have allowed buffoons 
to rule over us. Okay? You know, six million Jews died in the Holocaust. They were God's people. Now think about this. They were God's people. They were special to God. They were trusting God to deliver them. They prayed. They knew God would do something to alleviate their pain and suffering and ultimately deliver them from the gas chambers. And it seems, I'm not going to say God didn't do anything. I mean, God, with small pockets of people here, there, and yonder, if you've ever watched the movie Schindler's List, he managed to save, I think, about 1,200 Jews from the gas chambers. And at the end of that movie, it's such a powerful ending because he starts looking, Schindler looks at his, his car that he, he said, I could have sold this car and saved a few more Jews. I could have sold this ring that's worth four or five, and I could have saved more Jews, you know. And, uh, but anyway, I'm not saying God didn't do anything. However, God did one thing. He allowed them the freedom to surrender to the powers that be. He allowed them to surrender to a tyrannical, evil government. And I want to tell you something. History has a way of repeating itself, but first, the people must be conditioned to accept its, the government's, authority. And that is precisely, you know, if you're asleep, maybe you don't see this, but that is precisely what's going on right now. We are being conditioned to accept the government's authority in every area of our lives. Yeah, wake up. Okay. Now the question is this, when do we obey government? When do we obey God? Are, 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 are they one and the same is, is my question. When do we obey God over government? Uh, now, if we read Romans 13 as an absolute statement of blind obedience, you're going to end up regretting this. I can guarantee you that. All right, let's take a look at this. And I'm reading from a little different translation. The uh, No, wait a minute. This is the King James. All right, Romans 12 and verse 18. <clears throat> Excuse me, Romans 12 and verse 18. I want to look at a principle, first of all, to live by that applies to all people. Okay, in getting along with your government, here's the principle. If it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. Yeah, I mean, as a goal, in other, wor in other words, to live at peace with yourself and with others. If it's possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. You know, someone said this, have you ever noticed that the police will leave you alone if you aren't doing anything illegal? You know, okay, and it's true, it's true. You know, if you're doing the right thing, you're not going to be bothered by the police or any other authoritarian official. And again, I'm not talking about resisting the government for the sake of resisting the government. I'm not talking about burning down uh, abortion clinics. I'm not talking about doing anything like that. If it's possible, I mean, there's a right way to, to, uh, to legally express your disagreement with our government. There's a right way and a wrong way to go about that. Okay. All right. Romans 13 verse three. Let's, let's go through these scriptures here. And uh, I think this is the New International Version I'm reading from. It says, if you do what is right, you won't need to be afraid of your rulers. 
But watch out if you do what is wrong. You don't want to be afraid of those in authority, do you? No, you don't. We don't want to run around in fear, afraid of those uh, that are in authority over us. Then do what is right. The one in authority will praise you. Okay, we're talking about respect for authority, respect for police. I have never had a problem with the police. I mean, in all my years on this earth, I've never, because I treat them with respect. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know, I treat them with respect. The only, I think, issue I've ever had was with a park ranger. And of course, it was a little, you know, pea brain, young park ranger that the authority had gone to his head because he was wearing a badge or whatever. But yeah, I had a little issue there with, with one. Of, but as far as state police or authority, I've never had an issue with those men. Never, ever, because I treat them with respect. Romans 13, verse 4, he serves God and will do you good. But if you do wrong, watch out. The ruler doesn't carry a sword or a gun or a weapon for no reason at all. He serves God and God is carrying out his anger through him. The ruler punishes anyone who does wrong. We're talking about the civil authorities. That's what we're talking about here. You must obey the authorities. Then you will not be punished. You must also obey them because you know it's the right thing to do. Yes, it, 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 it's, what, it's the right thing to do. And again, have you ever noticed that the law leaves you alone if you aren't doing anything illegal? I mean, even something as simple as a seatbelt law. Now, I don't always wear my seatbelt. I forget. You know, I forget. Whatever. But uh, I, I think it's a good thing. It's really for your own good. You know, you hit a tree 80 miles an hour, it's going to be a good thing that you got your seatbelt on. So, uh, you know, it, it's really for your own benefit. So the civil authorities, if you steal, you're going to be punished. If you kill, you're going to be a punished. You're going to be punished. If you're a male sperm donor and you go from woman after woman after woman impregnating her, and you don't help, you're, you're just a, a deadbeat sperm donor, the government is going to step in and say, hey, you, you've got to pull up your pants and accept responsibility for what you're doing. You've got to take care of this woman. You've got to take care of these kids, and they're going to take a portion of your income, uh, your salary, to do what you should be doing anyway, accepting responsibility for your actions, you see. All right, government spending. Now, I know we all disagree. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy government spending, but examples include road and infrastructure repair, national defense, schools, health care, uh, government workers' salaries. And I understand that there can be the corruption and how the money is spent. I understand that. But Romans 13 and verse 6 says, that's also why you pay taxes. The authorities serve God. Ruling takes up all their time. Yeah, somebody's got to do this. I mean, look, I wouldn't want to be a police officer. I'll tell you that right now. Not in our society. It's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. And there's a reason that every time they pull you over, they put their thumbprint on the back of your car because it might be the last time they ever see the man alive. Uh, because you just don't know. It's a crazy world. I would not, for any amount of money, want to be a police officer. I respect those men and women. So give to everyone what you owe. 
do uh, do your own taxes. Do you owe taxes? Excuse me. Then pay them. Do you owe anything else to the government? Then pay it. Do you owe respect? Then give it. Do you owe honor? Then show it. <clears throat> you know, the Gettysburg Address, Abraham Lincoln said this, that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Well, indeed, it is perishing from the earth, but, you know, in a perfect world, it works very well. This statement, that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. But when government becomes corrupted, when your leaders are lacking character, and they themselves have become corrupted, it doesn't work very well. In fact, it doesn't work at all. Government can become corrupted. The character of leaders can become corrupted. Now, we know this. All we got to do is look at the man and a woman or woman in the mirror and know this one. So how would you know the difference? How would you know if government has become corrupted? How would you know if the character of a leader has become corrupted? You know, sometimes civil authorities fight evil. At other times, civil authorities perform, perform the evil in society. And you've got to have a list of at least seven things to be able to judge and know the difference. Number one, you've got to have wisdom. And I'm going to go through these later in this program. You've got to have two, judgment. You've got to have character yourself. I mean, if you don't know, and if you're not living by what's right and what's wrong, then how can you look at anybody else and judge? You can't. So you yourself have to have character. You have to know history, number four. Five, you've got to know your Bible. Six, you got to, God must come first, always. Yes, God must come first. And seven, you've got to have prayer. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open, you know, some of the Jews got out of Germany before the hammer came down. They saw what was coming. They saw what was coming. And so they left Germany and escaped with their lives. So Romans 13, verse 2, let's read it again. Therefore, whoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinances of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. I want to look at five examples from the Bible of people resisting authority. All right, number one, Moses. Moses' mother resisted Pharaoh. She hid him for three months. Now, this is a fascinating story. Exodus 1 and verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Can you imagine this? Wrap your mind around what the king of Egypt is saying. He's telling his people to kill baby boys okay all right this is from on high kill the baby boys the midwives exodus 1 and verse 17 but the midwives feared god and did not as the king of egypt commanded them but saved the men children alive this is what you call resisting government we're talking about the king the king of egypt no we're not going to do that the midwives said they feared God instead. Yeah, absolutely. Rahab resisted the king of Jericho. 
Joshua 2 and verse 3. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are coming to thee, which are entered into your house, that they may come, that they may be that come search out our country. In other words, they thought they were spies. And indeed they were. And the women took the men and hid them, and thus said, There came men unto me, but I don't know where they were. I don't know where they've gone. Now, let me spell that out for you. Okay. King of Jericho. She lied to him. Yeah. Rahab is going to be in the hero hall of fame. You read that? I love it. Hebrews verse 11. David, 1 Samuel 21 and verse 12. David was fearful of the king of Gath. And he pretended to be crazy. I mean, he acted like a, a madman. This is 1 Samuel 21 and verse 13. I mean, he let his spittle run down his beard and, and, you know, mumbling and bumbling and pretended to be a madman to save his life. Yeah, these are stories you don't normally think of in the Bible as, as we look at, you know, the word Christian, quote, Christian. Is this what a Christian would do? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego resisted. You know the story. Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. And at a certain time of the day, you must fall down and worship the image. Well, guess who didn't? Guess who didn't follow the orders? Yeah. And the people. Oh, now get this. Uh, this is so typical. The people turned in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're not, they turned, they went to the king. They're, they went to the king. They're not doing what you told them to do. They're not obeying. They're not wearing their mask, whatever, you know. And it en enraged the king. It enraged the king. And then the king said, look, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going give to give you one more chance. Daniel 3 and verse 17. Here was the response of these three incredible godly men. He says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, the, that was what was up for grab. You know, if you don't, you don't listen to what I say, I'm going to throw you into a burning fiery furnace. I'm going to kill you. But it says, now God whom we serve will be able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. You talk about resisting the powers that be. I mean, this one is heavy duty in your face resisting the powers that be. Joseph, Mary, Christ escaped into Egypt. Again, Matthew 2 and verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be there until I bring you word. For Herod shall seek the young child to destroy him. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise man, was exceedingly angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time 
which he had diligently inquired of the wise man. You know, I asked the question, can, can leaders become corrupted? Can kings, can government become corrupted? Look at what this, I mean, incredible, you know, evil, rotten, Herod did. He slew all the children, the, the, the boys from two years old and under, killed them, grabbed them up, got his soldiers out there to grab the little children out of the mother's arms and dashed their head against the wall. Yeah. Now consider this. Are all leaders servants of God for good? Now we read that back in Romans 13. Are all leaders servants of God for good. Now, you see, you have to make that discernment. You have to make that decision. It's not all spelled out in black and white. Thus says the Lord, do this, turn left, turn right. You got to use your brain, okay? No, no, they're, they're not is the answer. You have to have the wisdom to know the difference. Peter and John resisted the counsel. The council commanded Peter and John to avoid speaking about the Son of God. And now imagine this. Don't speak about the Son of God. They resisted the council. They commanded it again. They resisted again. Acts 5 and verse 28, saying, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Now that's a statement you always want to remember. We ought to obey God rather than man. So the question is, when do we obey government? And when do we obey God over government. Again, if you use Romans 13 as an absolute statement of blind obedience, you know, you'll end up worshiping the mark of the beast. Sometimes civil authority fights evil and other times civil authority performs the evil in society. Revelation 14 and verse 9, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead, forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Okay, let's wrap this up quickly. Number one, pray for discernment. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be able, worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of God. There's a danger of not standing and blind obedience to your government might be one of the ways that you will not stand. Number two, God first. Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than man. Number three, know your Bible. Number four, know history. Know that history repeats itself. Wisdom, judgment, and character you must have. Proverbs 22 and verse 3, a prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. There's a time to hide yourself. There's a time to get out. There's a time to get away when you see the evil coming. And so I want to challenge you to think for yourself. I cannot give you all the absolute answers. Just tell me what to do. I can't do that. But I can tell you, pray for discernment. God first, know your Bible, know that history repeats itself. Wisdom, judgment, character. If you do these things, you'll never go wrong. I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible?
If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.